0: Welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by
1: Building Rome. You're listening to Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America, powered by Building Rome. The content that you're about to hear are the opinions and views of the show hosts and guests and does not represent the views or opinions of Clutch by RGAA or its affiliates and sponsors. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use any information given as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Our podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. This is Tawanda. And I am joined today by my partner and friend, Corinne. Corinne, are you on the line? I am. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you doing today, lady? Good. How is everyone? Doing pretty and good, pretty good, pretty good. And um, I'm definitely excited. You know, one of the things I love about podcasting is the 15 minutes before the podcast starts. It gives us an opportunity to do a little bit of cheating, (laughs) We get to know our guest for the day, find out a little bit about her before the show actually starts, and we ask the juicy questions that we may or may not ask when the show goes live, and today is definitely no different, and I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, and I'm going to mess up her last name if she lets me, and hopefully she won't. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) we have Sarah all the way from the sunny state of California. Sarah, are you there? I'm here. Hey, ladies. How you doing, ladies?
2: I'm very excited to be speaking with both of you today and just getting deep in in some talk about grief and loss. I'm I'm ready. I'm excited.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, the first hump I need to get over is your last name. Now, you got it pronounced (laughs) here. I'm going to take a stab at it, but please charge it to my head, not my heart, and definitely correct (laughs) this because I want people to know who you are. All right. So it says, Sarah, pronounced Vialva? Yes, Vialva, yes. It's it's a Spanish last name, so the two L's make a Y sound, so Vialva. Ah, Vialva. Oh, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, I want to read a little information as we get started um, to let our listeners know a little about, hey, who is this on Clutch today? Well, Sarah Vialva is a professional musician turned certified grief recovery specialist. After losing two of the most important people in her life, her father and stepfather, to cancer in 2019, she began a very tumultuous grief journey. And the rest you're going to find out momentarily. Sarah, welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to just talking with you ladies and and hopefully being able to help encourage and inspire people out there listening in. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And we do have a couple of questions prepared for you today. Um, however, i definitely like to say we don't want to just, hey, ask you a bunch of questions. We really want to be more so of a dialogue to where everyone can just really share because sometimes you know how you have a piece of paper and a plan, and the plan does not always go the way we think it, and we just let, let it flow however it's supposed to because today is not about us. It's about the information that you have to share with the world. So, the first thing I really want to start with the show with is tell us a little about who you are. Who is Sarah? Tell us about some of your hobbies, some of the things you like. Like when it's not about work, who is this woman called Sarah?
2: Yes, thank you. Uh, I'll say I I like long walks on the beach. I'm (laughs) Uh,
0: no, totally kidding. Well, actually, I do like long walks
2: on the beach, but I. I love hiking. I'm an avid hiker, so when I'm not working, I try to hike as often as I can. Uh, being out in nature is definitely something that helps me feel centered and just helps me feel just close to to myself and just with the world. And I also enjoy cooking. I love trying out new recipes, and whether it's a hit or miss, I just always like to try doing new things because I'm, I'm a firm believer in just pushing myself and always trying to do new things, trying to do things that I've always find intri- found intriguing, just to push my limit and see what I'm capable of. And if I fail, then I fail, and that's okay. But there's always something to learn. And so I'm an avid believer in that, and just trying new things. And uh, as you you mentioned earlier, yes, I um, I'm a musician. And before I even got into the, the grief space, I had been working as a professional musician for the last 10 plus years or so. And it's definitely something that is near and dear to my heart. Music, I feel, has healing properties in and of itself as well. And I, I play guitar, I play bass, I'm a singer as well. And actually before the, the shutdown happened last year, I actually was presented with this wonderful touring opportunity with this Persian artist and we had started touring in North America. And just as we were about to head into Europe, unfortunately we had to cancel everything just due to the shutdown. Uh, But it's all good. I always try to find the silver linings and everything as well. And it's really just allowed me to put even more focus on my business in the grief space. But, hiking, cooking, playing music, all of these things I find to be very creative outlets and ways that really allow me to kind of find myself back home to me and just allow me to just relax and release any frustrations and anything that might be going on in the world that takes me away from really being in the present moment.
0: Absolutely. Sounds like you're every woman, or shall I say, the American girl. (laughs) (laughs) You do a little bit of everything, and I love it. I love it because you also said something in reference to relaxation, and that's extremely important to find different things to do to sometimes just take your mind off of everything else. So I was over here like, oh, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for taking me somewhere vicariously, even if it was just for a couple of seconds. <laughs> All right. I got um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I really appreciate that. I, I, I'm so, Sarah, I'm so, I'm anticipating our discussion today for so many different reasons, and I just want everyone listening to our show to know whatever she shares with us, I'm hearing it for the first time, too, and I, I love it like that because I just really love to to be able to learn and to find out new things. And in reference to you mentioned a little bit in your story of bio, you know, in 2019, you suffered a great loss, and you went through a lot with that loss. Um, can you share with us, um, if you're okay with it, like what happened in your life in 2019, and what, what what was the
1: result of that, what what happened?
0: Yeah, no no problem. I don't
2: mind sharing it all. Uh, as you'll get to, to know me through this conversation, I'm all about – transparency and real talk and especially when it comes to this particular subject, because it can be so taboo, there can be a stigma around it. I'm a firm believer in always just trying to be very upfront, real, and honest about everything. Um, so okay. with, with 2019, yes, I uh, I lost two of the most important people in my life that year I lost my father in July of 2019, and then my stepfather three months later almost to the day, and they both passed away due to complications within their cancer battles. My father, he had been diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is one of the rarest blood cancers that are out there. Uh, He was diagnosed January of 2018, and he, he made it a year and a half, which was more than he was given when he was initially diagnosed. So I am grateful for that. And then in regards to my stepfather, he had actually been diagnosed with esophageal and stomach cancer towards the early spring of 2019. And then, yeah, he passed in October. So yeah, about three months after my father. And needless to say, when, when my father had ended up in, in the hospital, I just remember feeling shock and disbelief, and it's, it was as if my world had just completely shattered because I'm a daddy's girl through and through. And just to see the shape that my dad was in and then also hearing the news that he was not going to be leaving that hospital, it was absolutely devastating because here was this man who I saw to be my hero, who was my world, my everything, who supported me in everything I did. And to know that this was, this was it. This was the final moment. Um, It was just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. And, and something that isn't really mentioned to people when it comes to losing someone, whether it's a sudden passing or something that takes time is what happens after that person passes, because we, we, We're so stuck in the midst of our grief, not even sure what's going on, that we don't even want to think about, well, how do we take care of the funeral arrangements? Who becomes the executor? What happens with the estate? And there are all these legalities around someone's passing that it just creates even more overwhelm. And so I was in the midst of that while also trying to just accept the fact that my father was gone to then find out three months later, that my stepfather wasn't doing well and that he had also ended up in the hospital and that he also wasn't going to end up leaving. And so I had just gotten to a point where I could wake up every morning and not have my father on my mind. And then all of a sudden to receive this double whammy, this news of my stepfather being in the hospital and him not excuse me, leaving was just added to the devastation. And I just thought, how how am I going to get through this? Because it 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 almost re-triggered those same emotions, those same thoughts and feelings that I had when my father initially passed. And to lose both of them in the same year and in such a short period of time, I just it almost feels like it was someone else's life, like a like a like a terrible horror film that it wasn't real and it was through watching their cancer journeys. In addition to going through my personal grief journey with losing both of my dads that I, I stumbled into this space of being a grief recovery specialist, but it's because of them that I'm, I'm even in this space because even though, you know, I'm, I'm still human. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to have those, those rough days. But I, I, I'm almost grateful in a way, and it might sound kind of strange, but I, I, I like to think of that time in my life as that moment that taught me, okay, there is such a fragility to life, and there's such a preciousness, and time is everything, and time is such a gift. And I just remember after losing both of them thinking, Sarah, what are you going to do with your life now? Time is everything. Life is so fragile. It's so precious. How can we truly make a difference? Not only in the lives of our family and our friends, but those in the community, those around the world. Like what, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Why am I here? Who is Sarah? And that was really that pivotal moment for me in my life where I I woke up. It was almost like the universe or God, however you want to state it, just kind of slapping me in the face saying, Hey, You have this one life. Your fathers lived their lives to give you this life that you have. What are you going to do with it now? And that was really that pivotal moment for me when all that occurred in
0: 2019. Wow. I'm just sitting here just trying to even imagine. And and just seeing how a lot of times I know people have said, you know, at the end of the rainbow, you know, that, that joy comes um let, let me ask you this this is something that wasn't on my list but I definitely know you can definitely sound and share um like I mentioned yesterday I mean I, I've known so many people that's dealt with loss and I personally dealt with loss too and I know every situation is different and I have never um look into like grief counseling or anything like that when it comes to loss so I just think like okay gotta cope with it gotta move on is there like and 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 on what I think maybe last year I, I I was looking online, I ended up finding in Atlanta. There was a this church and they offered a grief counseling um, program, cause my my father passed away in 2019 as well um Christmas Eve. So I was like, oh man, being the oldest, you know, he's he's leaving um his wife behind, which is my mom. So you know, I felt like there's no time to grieve. So, like, I guess it's like delayed grief. Can you talk a little about that? Do people just put grief on hold and just grieve later? Sure. I, that I can tell like, you. I'm not the normal, but is that something mm-hmm. that happens a lot?
2: I can definitely attest to, to this. Well, uh, first and foremost, before I even go into that, I, I just, again, want to give you and your family my deepest sympathies and, and condolences. And I, I can't even begin to imagine just what you and your family had been going through and and the feelings that must have come up, and especially with it being around the holiday season, which that can be such a challenging time for those of us who have lost family members and for you to have lost your father, especially on Christmas Eve. I I can't even begin to imagine, so I just I just want to give you my deepest condolences and sympathies first and foremost. Thank you, Sarah. Um, Yeah, of course. And when it comes to... I guess we can, we can call it delayed grief, so to speak. So many of us, because we, we have been ill-equipped to really work through and handle grief and really understand what it is and how it affects us. And so many of us have just been taught to believe that, okay, we don't have time to be sad. We don't have time to feel whatever we're feeling. We just need to keep moving on and just get through and push through and do whatever we need to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so you're, you're not alone in that, um, and I can also attest to that. I definitely had moments of that. Something that I do want to address in regards to this is every person grieves in a very unique and individualistic way. Some people do delay it, whether they're conscious of it or not. Some people, they feel it right then and there, and, and they feel everything. Sometimes it vacillates. Sometimes we, we feel it right in that moment, and then five seconds later, we feel okay. And there there's a multitude of different things that can really happen, different feelings, emotions, thought processes, and whatnot that can occur. And it's just because our our minds, our hearts, we're trying to just absorb and understand what what is happening, because this is not an everyday occurrence, I think it's fair to say, you know, whereas... We're used to waking up every morning. We're used to having breakfast or going to work. Those are everyday occurrences, whereas we're not used to waking up every day and hearing about someone passing or losing a job or losing finances or whatever the case might be. And so when something like this does occur, because we're so ill-equipped, we don't have the proper tools to really understand how to work through and handle grief properly, that's where this can come into play where sometimes we feel like we don't have the time because, as, as you mentioned, since you're the, the oldest, I've spoken with a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of people who they were the oldest in, in the family or oldest of the siblings, whatever the case might be, and they were the ones in charge of having to take care of everything. And they're like, okay, well, I don't have time to grieve because i got to look out for my siblings. I've got to look out for my mom or my dad or who, whoever the other family members might be. i got to be the one in charge of the funeral arrangements. i got to be the one in charge of this, A, B, C, and D, and all sorts of things. And to an, to an extent, unfortunately just due to how grief is is processed in the Western world, we are almost forced to have to do things that way. It's almost like we're not really given the chance or the ability to really sit for a moment and just be with our feelings and our thoughts and really process what's happening because we've grown up in this society or in an environment where everything is go, go, go. You have to figure out something now. You can't take the time to to figure out what's happening. You just got to go and do it. And for some people, I think it's fair to say that for some people, it helps to stay in motion. It helps to stay busy and active, which we can get into that a little bit later because that is actually something that is kind of surrounds one of the many grief myths that are out there, but that's definitely something we can get to later. But it's all about moderation and balance because at some point the more you continue to bury these feelings or you run away or you try to shove it under a rug or whatever the case might be, instead of learning how to embrace it, work through it, and understand what what these emotions or thoughts are trying to tell you, the greater chance you have of creating these physical manifestations in your body that are not good for you. And these manifestations can be anything from like heart disease, cancers, anything like that, because, as we know, stress is the number one killer. And when we go through a loss, especially when we're talking about the loss of a loved one, that can create so much stress. And so with that delayed grief, it's again it just goes back to moderation. It's like how how delayed are we talking about? Like is it to a point where you haven't wanted to approach it and for months,
1: for years?
2: So There are certain questions that would need to be asked to really determine what someone's going through and and what they feel is
0: considered delayed. Okay. That definitely makes sense. Um, And before I move on to the next question, I want to definitely say this, because this is something, Sarah, that I just never knew um, before. When When I was looking up in Atlanta about different groups and stuff, that people dealt with grief counseling. I had heard about it, like I've heard of Alcoholics Anonymous and I've heard of grief anonymous or counseling. But I never knew anyone that actually went to it. So I had um I had saw it on the internet and it was this church that had this program. And I called the number and I talked to this lady and she was over the program and um she might have be been like seventy years old. She had started the program like over twenty years ago. When her, um, I think her husband or something had passed away, and then she said, honey, you know, tell me a little about why you like to come and blah, blah, blah. And I just burst out crying, and I don't even know where it came from. (laughs) I don't even know her. So that's, like, not normal for me to do something like that. Um, So I said that to say I ended up going to a session they'd had the very next week, and I got a little pamphlet, and I actually shared the pamphlet with my mom, my sister, and my brother. And it talked about certain words like um, some people say you need to get over stuff. It Talked about moving forward or not moving forward versus moving on or something like that, and just how sometimes people try to avoid like certain things. Like, oh, I don't want to say how's your how's your, how you doing since your dad. Like, it just talked about so many different things and how people actually deal with people that they know have have have, have 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 had grief. So, can you talk a little about that? Like, like. If if we have a friend that they've encountered a grief, while we shouldn't be scared or while we shouldn't feel like we're on eggshells and can't say things because we're scared to death or we don't really know what to say, or can you give some suggestions on, what are some things to say that can be, I guess, appropriate and not everybody feel weird? Like, oh, man, I know she lost someone he lost someone, but I really don't know what to say, so I'm just not going to say anything. What, what, tell us a little about that.
2: Sure, I would love to. Uh, you know, I actually... If you don't mind, I, I want to ask you, because you mentioned that when this woman had had asked, you know, a little bit about you, like, why you were here, you mentioned that you had started flying, correct? And and you said, oh, it's like, that's normally not in my character. I don't know where that came from. I, I want to first address how that crucial moment, that can be huge for anybody, because she clearly cared about you. Like, why are you here? How can I help? And whether you realize it or not, a lot of times people don't know what to say because a lot of times people will subtly change the subject if it starts making them uncomfortable. So they either decide not to ask the questions at all or they decide to avoid it completely or they go with the tried and true, which is unfortunately the ill-equipped, way of saying oh well how are you dealing with things or how have you been since so-and-so passed or whatever the case may be and mm-hmm. unfortunately you know when when that particular question is asked the intention is of course out of out of well-being because you truly want to know how the person's doing but mm-hmm. i think it's fair to say because i remember when i was asked that question and i remember wanting to get so angry and yell at people and say how do you think i'm doing my dad just died <laughs> <laughs> hello i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. doing great and so something that i would like to recommend instead and this is something i've i've said to people and it, it opens up a conversation and lets the person know that i'm making it about them and that i am comfortable with them actually sharing and something that i've always said is when someone is shared like, oh, my, my daughter passed away or, or whoever it might have been that passed away, I always end up saying something along the lines of, one, giving my condolences first and foremost, but then adding to that by saying, even though I have also lost someone, I'm never going to say that I know exactly how you feel. I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through and how you must be feeling. And if you're open to it, please feel free to share about that person, whether it's about how that person passed, or if you would just like to share in the memories, or if it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay too. Just know that I'm here. I'm a heart with ears, and I will never pass any judgment or criticism or be opinionated on your story and what you share. And every time I've said that, 99.9% of the time, people open up and they'll either cry or whatever the case may be, or sometimes they don't cry. Because, again, grief is very unique and individual, and everyone reacts differently. But that really opens up the door, and it really allows people to – it's different because not many people will say that. And it intrigues people, and it really helps people feel – Like, oh, this person really genuinely cares. They're not trying to say they understand exactly how I feel because no one ever can, but they genuinely want to know that I'm okay or want to know what's going on. And that is something that I found to be extremely helpful.
0: I can definitely, um, that that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And I, I definitely like to say what you just said about, you know, a lot of times everybody's been through so many different types of losses, but, you know, I know no one ever wants to minimize um, minimize something. So, now that that's amazing, and I wanted to also say this, Sarah. Um, before we go to break, when when this lady, oh my gosh, and I love this lady. I'm, I'm on her email list, and she <laughs> keeps me informed. They have different events. It, of course, it has changed because of COVID. But um, but I love this woman's spirit. And and when she asked me that, she didn't know me. And and again, like I said, with being the oldest and Having to do all this stuff, it was a place where she wasn't, she didn't need me to um, say, "Hey, I need you to be strong for me." So it was just when she said, "Do you mind telling me like what type of loss you suffered?" and I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my dad. And it it was it was horrific. And but guess what? We the phone of an hour. She invested over an hour listening mm-hmm. to me and encouraging me. And then she said, "And this is when I'm meeting this come out." And I said I will be there. I will be there. And I and I couldn't believe I was going, but I went, and I sat in a room with probably like fifteen, twenty people, and they and some of them had had losses from five years ago, and some of them had losses from from a week ago. It was all different types, and when they were telling their story and sharing, I was in oh I mean, I was crying for them too. It was just oh, but it was so wonderful, and I appreciated the safe space to be able to talk and share as well as listen to others because I had never had that before. Um, if I want you don't. you know what, got to go break. <laughs> when we come back from break, I want you to share with us a little about when you decide to start your practice, what, what was the determining factor? I know you have suffered losses. What was the determining factor that you said you were going to help in this industry to be able to help others? because you understood how significant this was. That is what I want to find out when we come back from break. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. This is Kawanda with Clutch by RGA. I know Corinne is having technical difficulties. Hopefully she makes it back on, and we'll be right back after this break.
1: Do you have a product, brand, or service that you yeah. want to advertise on our platform? Well, look no further. Send us an email to realgirlfriends.com. Seven at That's Real Girlfriends, the number seven at gmail.com to place your advertisement here.
0: Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at BuildingRomeInc.com. Once again, the website is BuildingRomeInc.com. All right, and we are back. And thank you to everyone that's listening and tuning in with us today. This is Tawanda with Clutch by RGAA. And, man, I'm just over here um, in awe and still in anticipation of whatever else Sarah has to share with us. Um, so, Sarah, back to you. Thank you so much for joining the show again today, and thank you so much for just being open to sharing about your journey as well as now telling us about what you do to help others, and what made you actually decide to take this next step. All right, I'll turn this back over to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I appreciate it. Um, You know, that's a really great question. I actually get asked that question quite a bit. And in regards to that, when, when I was definitely in the deepest and darkest parts of my grief journey after losing both of my fathers, I remember thinking to myself, I'm never going to feel happiness again. And I remember, and even creating that narrative within myself, thinking that is not a way to live life. I'm like, I have to figure something out. And I remember doing all this research. I remember going to Barnes & Noble, sitting in the aisles, looking through all these different authors and going through all these different books, just searching for answers to healing, searching for anything that was going to really just help me feel any ounce of sunshine again. I had even tried therapy. I'd gone to other groups and nothing really clicked. And I I had almost given up until a friend of mine had, thank God for her. She had definitely seen just the devastation I was in. And she recommended that I had try this other mentorship, this, this course in grief recovery. And I thought, well, heck, you know, nothing else has really worked. Why not try one other thing? And I went through this program, and we can we can go into the detail about this a little bit later, too, if you're interested. Um, but I went through this program, and I came out of it on the other side just thinking, wow, I never imagined that. I really could find happiness again, and that not only could I find happiness, that I could envision this future where I could really help people and really help them get to this same place that I was feeling, where I felt whole again. I felt like I could still continue my life feeling connected to my father's and feeling connected with myself again, because I felt so disconnected with myself and the entire world. And after going through this program, I thought, okay people need to know about this program and is there a way that I can become certified? I can become a trainer. I can help facilitate. I can work in this because again, when I was in the darkest parts of my grief journey and I look back at that, I think I wish someone would have gotten to me sooner and had shown this program to me sooner. And so I remember after finishing this program thinking, okay, I want to be that person for people in the future, because I know there are women and men out there who have had those same type of thoughts, who are in the process of absorbing the fact that they just lost their parental figure, their child, their spouse, siblings, best friend, whoever it might be, and they're just searching, 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 and they just feel lost, and they feel like they're in this darkness, and they feel like they have a backpack full of rocks on. And it just gets heavier and heavier with each day. And, and I remember in that moment just thinking, I want to be that person for those people because I remember what that felt like. I remember how horrible that felt. And I want to be able to help people come to this understanding where they embrace every aspect of their grief journey, that they learn to, to befriend it in a way. And I know that might sound strange, but I got to this place where I befriended my grief, where I came to this place where I understood what it was trying to tell me, what it was trying to teach me. And through that, through working through those challenging emotions and through this grief, I've really been able to help deepen my relationship and my connection with both of my fathers, even though they're not physically present here on this plane of existence anymore. And so it's through that and knowing that me being this, this woman who, Initially thought I'll never find happiness again. What's the point of even trying? What's the point of even doing anything in life anymore? To now being on the other side of my grief mountain and looking back and thinking, this is why. Because I was there once and I know there are other people who are in that same situation or who one day will be in that same type of situation with those same thoughts and feelings. And I want to help be that facilitator. I want to help be that partner, that friend, that supporter. That's right next to them saying, hey, I got you. When you're having those rough days, I got you. Let me help you.
0: Mm. That's amazing. And um, I know so many people go through it, and it's just not really something that a lot of people talk to. And honestly, like, when I went onto the Internet looking for answers or looking for people that might have had some of the struggles that I had, I had to go to Google.com because I really did not know. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to go. I want to go. Um, I wanna ask you this question, and I'm going to turn it over to Corinne because I know she has a few questions she wants to ask. But why Why is that, you think, Sarah, why is it that we really don't know where to go? Why is it that when we deal with these type of losses, we don't just know who to call? Is it Why does it seem like it's a secret and that people are hidden? You know, even – Like, I'm originally from South Carolina, and when I started research, I started looking for grief support groups, and there was not any. Um, I called one group, um, and not far from the small town where my hometown is, and they said they had one for, uh, like, mothers that had lost children, and then there was another one for, like, women that had lost their spouse. But it wasn't just a a specific um, grief support group. Why does this seem so hard to find, or am I just not looking in the right places? Oh,
2: Tawanda, I love this question. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love this question. Oh, so first of all, you are absolutely correct. Uh, Let's be honest. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to give this example. Let's say you and Corinne and I are in a room with maybe five, six other people. Let's say there's 10 of us in this room. And Someone gets up and they accidentally trip over something and they break their arm. I guarantee you, there's going to be at least one person in that room who is going to have some inkling of an idea of how to address the broken arm. There might even be uh-huh. a doctor, there might even be a nurse in the room, or someone's calling 911. You best believe I'm going to be that person calling 911 because I don't have a clue <laughs> how, to, how to
1: address the broken arm.
2: Just being real, but I guarantee you, there's going to be at least one person out of the 10 people in there, who's going to have an idea of what to do. Now, let's say someone else in that room just received a phone call saying your son was just killed in a car accident. What normally tends to happen? Most people get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Most people will immediately start to hug the person or say, I'm so sorry, or, oh, my gosh, or, you know, the tried and true, like, I'm so sorry if you're lost. I don't know what's happening, but that's about it. No one else knows what to do. Are are there numbers to call? Is there a facility to go to? Is there a, a, there's a first aid kit when someone breaks their arm, but is there a a first aid kit for grief and loss? No. And so I love, oh, I love this question. I love talking about this because why is that? Why is that? Because again, when you think about it, it's not like we're breaking arms every day. It's not like we're, we're getting accidental cuts or breaking bones every day. And yet, there's programs around how to dress broken bones. You know, there's CPR classes. There's first aid classes. All those things. Why is there not some type of course instilled in our education system that teaches young people from a very young age... How to address and work through and handle grief and loss. (laughs) So so when you mentioned that, you know, you had to go to Google, and even when you went on Google and you were trying to look up groups, it it seemed like it was a very, very thin outlook. It's like, okay, I don't really have a lot to choose from. or There's not really a wide variety Uh of things. And so that's why I like to use this analogy, use, that because I want people to think about that. I I want people to Mm -hmm. understand, hey, you're not crazy. You're not losing your mind. You haven't lost it. You're not abnormal. You're not weird. You're not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just because we've grown up in a society and an environment where we were just not taught how to properly work through and handle something like grief and loss, especially when it comes to the death of a loved one. Mm
0: -hmm. And why...
2: Why is that? Because if we can be taught how to redress broken bones and how to heal cuts and wounds, physical ones, why isn't there anything put into place in our education system to help heal emotional and mental wounds and cuts? Mm. and hurts?
0: That's amazing. And I want to say this, and I know that Corinne's going to take us a break, and then she's going to have a couple of questions for you, but, yeah, absolutely correct, because when I went to Google in Atlanta, uh, I saw one group that was in Atlanta on meetup.com, and actually a couple had started the group because they had suffered grief, and they wanted to have their meetup once a month on the last Tuesday of the month. Of course, that's how they wanted to run their group. And um, and I waited all month for that, and they had some type of emergency come up, and they had to reschedule it to the next month. And I waited all month to it. I'm like, ah! So, um so yeah, it, and I love, I love, 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 love your analogy because there's always someone that's a CNA, a doctor, or someone that has some type of medical training, somebody got some legal knowledge. But, yeah, no one knows how to really, truly help when it comes to grief. That's not going to be in that circle nine times out of ten. So, yeah, that's a great analogy, Sarah. All right, Corinne, take us a break. And, Sarah, hold on because I have no idea what she wants to ask you when we come back. Perfect. If you're seeking a website, logo, graphic designer, virtual assistant, or maybe you're starting a business or anything when it comes to business, personal or social needs, consider doing business with us. We are ELI Solutions. We have the solution for you. Our website is we have thesolution.org.
1: Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girl Friends across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in their creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of doing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreoncom slash real across america That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com/slash-real-girlfriends-across-america. Every donation helps. We're back from break. Is it on me, (laughs) Talinda?
0: Yes, ma'am. I'll turn it over to you.
1: (laughs) Okay. And I want to thank Sarah again for um, definitely joining the show today and sharing a story. Um, And I know it's very knowledgeable for a lot of people that's out there listening, and it probably could um, provide them with maybe some understanding on how to,
0: you know, approach
1: their loved ones, their friends, and family. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so,
2: in in regards to approaching friends and family, um, just so there's a little clarity here. And now, is this in regards to how to ask for support, or how to approach friends and family when they're the ones grieving? Or
1: yeah, because um, I know you gave some tips about you know what to say and you know if someone is grieving and what not to say. And so, yeah, I guess I was going from that aspect.
2: Yeah, when it it's interesting because with some of the people that I've worked with and even some of my current clients, uh, they have they have found, and this was also the case in, in for me as well, that sometimes going to family and friends, those that we know the best, it can actually prove to be very challenging because those that are closest to us sometimes, we, we tend to be fixers. And most of us, we want to fix what's what's wrong. We want to fix what's broken. And sometimes it's not even about... Sometimes it's just about sitting in stillness and silence and allowing the person to just speak. And so when it comes to family and friends, something that I've found that can be very helpful, this is something that I, I have used with my family and friends is whether I'm the one that is in need of a listening ear. Um, I go to them and I just say, Hey, there's, there's something on my mind. I'm really struggling with this today. I'm thinking about dad today. All I ask is that, as I speak, I'm not trying to ask you to fix what's happening with me. I, all I'm asking you is to just be a heart with ears, as I like to call it, and just be in silence and just let me let me speak. And not to give any any judgments or opinions or anything about it. I just want to be able to talk and just share what's on my heart. And for those who maybe seek counsel or seek guidance, With you, like if you have a family member or friend that comes to you, I would honestly say the same thing and just say, hey, sometimes I've even asked, like, hey, do you want me to just be a heart with ears for you today? Or is this one of these conversations where you actually want some advice or guidance? Because sometimes just asking that simple question can make all the difference in the world because not everyone always wants to try to be sick. Not everyone always wants an answer because sometimes some things just don't have answers. And it can create more frustration, more so than any type of of healing element, so to speak. So a lot of times I will actually approach things from that standpoint and just asking, hey, do you need me to be the heart with ears? Or would you actually like some guidance and some counseling? Or, of course, on the other hand, just saying, hey, you know, please please be the heart with ears for me today. Or please, when I speak to you about this, I would actually like your thoughts and opinions on this. Okay.
1: Um, and I do have one, uh, I guess, question to ask you. Um, yeah. I we actually had back-to-back um, passing in my family. Um, actually, my husband's uncle passed away um, earlier in this month, or actually at the very end of um, February, and my mm-hmm. grandmother passed away um, at the beginning of this month. Um, so with my grandmother and then when my mother passed away, um, I had to actually be the one to inform people. So what do you suggest mm-hmm. or what's the approach do you suggest to people if they have to be the one to actually inform others of that person's testing?
2: Oh my goodness. Well I, I just want to first just say I'm so sorry for your losses and I especially to go through multiple ones in a very short period of time. And then also being the ones that have been delegated to, to inform and take on the brunt of the work, I can't even begin to imagine like how, how stressful that could possibly be and how overwhelming that could also be. And so I, I just definitely want to just send some love your way in regards That's to sure. the losses. This is this is something that I've I've also struggled with understanding in regards to when loved ones pass because and and you've clearly witnessed this. You you've had to be put in this position where you're the one that has to inform everybody uh, but you're trying to work through your grief as well. And it's almost like you have to put on this this armor so to speak and put your grief on the back burner and inform people and, and do more of the, the legal aspects of someone passing. So when it comes to that, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, it, it really comes down to moderation. Um, if you absolutely have to be the one, like there is no other choice, then of course you have to do what you have to do. But when I, I would suggest instead of trying to make it this all-day affair, because trying to be in that state of mind all day is not healthy, I would suggest taking small increments throughout the day where you inform people, or even what I've done in the past is some of my good friends or good family members have reached out or I reach out to them and I say, hey, I really need help. I know that I need to inform my family and all these other people about what's happening. But I I just, I can't right now. I'm not in the right state of mind. I'm not able to. I really just need to be with myself and grieve. If I send you the information, can you help me with this? Can you help inform other people of what's going on? And I can give you a perfect example of that. Um, Again, I'm all about being very transparent and honest. I want to be honest with both of you and to everyone listening, I, I almost didn't make it onto this podcast because I actually lost my brother um, about a week and a half ago. And it was very sudden. And my oldest sister, um, she's definitely, she was the closest to our, our brother, And she was in a very similar situation where she was the executor and she had to be the one to inform everybody. But because I had gone through my losses and she wasn't as close to our father as I was, I remember how overwhelming that had felt. And I remember going up to her and saying, hey, sis, I'm not going to let you do this alone. I will take on some of this for you I will make the calls that need to be made I want you to just be with you and and grieve in your own way do what you want to do but let me help I want to help because I don't want you to feel like you have to do this all on your own and I know a lot of people struggle with asking for help but when it comes to this because this is something that isn't an everyday occurrence and it can feel awkward and weird and overwhelming I highly, highly suggest and recommend that to people that to even be proactive, even be prepared. And and I've suggested this to people saying, hey, have some contacts ready in your address, book, phone, whatever it might be that when the day comes, because let's be honest, each one of us, we're going to lose someone at one point or another in our life to just be proactive and say, hey, when this day comes will you have my back as I will have yours? Because I don't know that I'm going to be in a state of mind where I'm capable of really being able to do A, B, and C. And so if I know that you have my back and you're in my army of life to help me through this situation and to help work with me, I know this is going to make this a lot easier on me emotionally and mentally. So I I hope that helps answer that question or provide some possible insight. Yes, it definitely did, and I'm excited to hear about you, Oh no, and and, and thank you. I, uh, I I wanted to still be on this pod, podcast because I want to show people that hey, as challenging as it can be to lose someone that you love, I I didn't want to go into isolation because that is mm. that tends to be my mo, and that was something that I did of when my father's had passed is I had completely isolated myself. And so as challenging as it was to think about being on the podcast and talking about this, because I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to end up breaking down being in tears throughout the entire thing or if I was going to be okay. But either way, I wanted to just come fully transparent, honest and real and raw with everybody and just say, Hey, this is what I'm going through. This is What's happening. But I want everyone out there who's listening to know that, there are other people like you and that it's okay whether you're a crier or not or you vacillate between the two that it's okay that we're having normal and natural reactions to our grief and losing loved
0: ones Hmm. I'm definitely sorry to hear about that as well and that's just really another example of you putting someone else's needs before your own even when you're also dealing with something like, um, I appreciate that. Just thank you for sharing that. and Thank you for um, being committed to coming, even though yours have a lot going on al- already. Um, wow. I'm sorry, Corinne. I, I, I didn't mean to even butt in on your question. Sorry about that. Oh no. I, I was I
1: was pretty much going to say the same thing. Just like appreciate her still for you know, wanting to come and share your story with others despite you going through something personal at this moment. So we appreciate you.
2: Well, and I appreciate you ladies for just one, your condolences and for also just creating a platform that can really allow us to just be honest and real with each other and really talk about a subject that isn't spoken of because there is such a taboo and such a stigma around it. And I've really I'm so passionate about shining a light on this subject because it's so important. And it's so, it's really part of having a healthy mentality, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. And to really help round things out because we've, we learn about so many other things in life, but this is one aspect that even though this is part of life, it's not spoken of enough. And I just really appreciate you all for creating this platform, for inviting me to be able to share insights in my personal
0: story, and for us to really get real and talk about this. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you share a little bit, um, Sarah, please? I when I I was reading your bio and all the information, um, I noticed that you created a Facebook group, and I got excited. <laughs> so can you please um, share with us um, about the Facebook group? Is this one for people that um, are currently under your coaching services or um, explain it? And can you talk to us about the services that you also offer? Yes. I'm asking you three questions in one.
2: (laughs) I love it. I love the questions. Yes. It's beautiful. I would love to speak about my group. So my group is called the healing journey home and it is a private group on Facebook Uh, that is for those whom have lost loved ones and I keep it private that way again people know it's a safe space because as you mentioned when you were telling your story about finding that group you loved that you found this safe space and there is something to be said that when we find a safe space it really allows people to feel comfortable enough to open up and share that way if and when they're having those rough days they can come to this this other family, and know that they're going to be supported, they're going to be encouraged, they're going to be loved on, and they're not going to be judged, they're not going to be criticized, they're not going to be analyzed, and they're not going to be compared. Uh, Because that is something that I emphasize heavily within my group, and I make sure everyone knows that, hey, I want you to know your voice matters, your feelings and thoughts matter, and you as a person, you matter. Everything you say, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, everything, it matters. And I really try to emphasize that within the group because especially when we're going through grief and loss, we're very vulnerable and we can change emotions and thoughts, you know, with the flick of a switch because it's this uncharted territory that none of us are really used to going through on a regular basis. And so with this group, Uh, Whether you're a client of mine or not, everyone is welcome, because I am all about creating support and encouragement and inspiration. And within this group, I I will do lives. I'll do Facebook lives in the group. I'll answer questions. I'll share stories about my personal grief journeys. Um, I will do demonstrations of what grief could look like. I also go over different myths around grief. so Because my overall goal with this group was, one, not only to provide a safe space so people can feel encouraged and supported, but also to provide a space where people can learn information about grief and loss. And not only learn information, but also learn about all the misinformation that's out there that surrounds the topic of grief. Really learn about the myths around grief because there's so much misinformation out there and I really like to help re-educate people. That way people don't feel like they're, they're going crazy or they're losing their mind or they don't wonder, am I doing this right? Is there a good, is there a bad? Because the last thing that anyone needs to feel is if they're doing things right, wrong, good, or bad, especially when they're still trying to understand like and process what's happening, the process the fact that they just lost someone that they loved dearly. And so it is open to anyone, whether they decide to work with me or not. Um, It helps if they are in the group, because then they get to know me better versus me just randomly messaging them. And this person saying, I don't know who this Sarah chick is like, what? (laughs) Well, I don't know who this woman is. Whereas, you know, when they're in my group, they get to know me, they see my face, they watch my videos, my demonstrations, they learn more information, re-educate themselves about grief and loss. And then at that point, you know, I can have conversations with people if they do end up reaching out to me individually. And as far as programs and whatnot that I that I offer, I I do a lot of one-on-one work, whether that's in person or through virtual means. Um, of course, due to COVID over this last year, I definitely have been doing more virtual sessions and I do a lot of that through Zoom but I'm not opposed to doing personal one-on-one sessions as well as long as the other person, individual feels safe enough to want to do that. Um, But I also do group sessions where I'll do group counseling with anywhere from I would say anywhere from six to eight people. And I also help people with pet loss because that is a form of grief as well because our pets can be just as as big within our family as as humans Um, i know that i've lost pets and i i remember feeling grief when i've lost some of my my dogs so i do help people with pet loss as well and i currently work with people who've lost children lost spouses parental figures siblings whatever the case may be and i also actually work with people who are going through addiction recovery as well because this particular program that I went through to help me get over, or not get over, but work through my grief journey, this program can actually also help when it comes to certain addictions as well. And so I I do quite a bit, and it really is this universal, well-rounded program that really helps people come to this understanding of why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Where is this coming from? What is it trying to teach me? What am I learning from it? And how can I use these tools to really help myself when I'm having that rough day? And that's something that I found to be monumental in the healing journey, especially when we go through grief and loss and losing someone.
0: That sounds amazing. You know, honestly speaking, a couple things I want to say before I ask you to talk a little more about your practice. Um, like, I've met a lot of, I'm an encourager, and um, and I always try to help and be a blessing to people. And I've met so many people over the years that, that have lost loved ones. And people are saying, well, Dawn, I didn't see you over here. That's how some storms will happen. And the thing people don't understand, I've always been the person that I may not be there when it's a crowd of people, but I'm going to be there when you need me. I'm going to be there the week after when no one else is there because that's what happens. When someone passes away, people love to all gather. And I understand it's a home-going celebration for some. However, what about the next week after? What about the month after? It seems like people just kind of go on with their life. So when I saw your group, and there's not a lot of people in there, so it's about quality, I could tell that. You're looking for quality. There's some groups where you have thousands and 10,000 people You can't build with that many people that fast and that quick. However, when you keep it small, you keep it intimate, and like you mentioned, the trust, this is something that I know that every person would definitely want to connect with and want to be a part of, especially when someone can have a conversation with you and say, okay, you know what, it's not just a 1,000 groups out there. This is Sarah's group, and I've heard her on the show. I've listened to her, or someone else told me about her. I definitely want to join and be connected. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the actual services that you offer and how can someone, you know, position itself to um, get connected with your services?
2: Sure. And and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for those those kind words about, well, the, the group and, and, and just what I've shared so far. Um, yes, I, Yes, as you saw, I don't have a lot of people in the group. Now, that's not to say that who knows how many years from now. It could grow, and I definitely potentially see it growing. But at that point, I would take on other administrators and moderators and whatnot. But I, what I do is that for every single person that joins my group, and you can ask anyone in the group, I respond to each one of them. And I send a personal message to each person that joins the group to let them know, like, hey. Whether this group has 100 people or 1,000 people, I guarantee you I'm going to message each and every one of you. That is a fact. Because, again, I never want anyone to feel like they're alone because the grief journey in and of itself can already feel so very lonely. And so I always message every single person that joins the group to let them know, like, hey, I'm here, and if for any reason you can't reach me, I guarantee you, I will find somebody who can help you because I'm all about that encouragement and that support. And just as you mentioned that you're an encourager and you, you, you like to help people too, that's, that's where my heart is at. Um, with my particular services, I, I always like to start off from creating this, this foundation because already when we're going through grief and loss, our foundation has been rocked. It's, it's, there's, it's, more than likely crumbled, and we're just trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how do we build again. So I always like to start by creating this solid foundation in my program by first and foremost, when anyone does decide to work with me, we always start off those first couple weeks where I like to go through the program with the person and teach them, okay, here's the foundation. Here's what grief can actually look like and feel like. Here, is, here are some particular definitions. Here are some of the myths and the misinformation around grief, because I'm a firm believer in creating a solid foundation, just like with building a house. If the foundation of a house is not solid and not structured and not built properly, at one point or another, the house is going to collapse. So there's no point in building until there's this solid foundation and understanding, okay, what did grief look like for me? What could it feel like for me? Because, again, everyone is very unique, very individual. It will be different for everyone. But we create this understanding. We create this foundation for each person. where it's like, okay, this is what it could look like. This is what it could feel like. Here are the myths around grief. Here's what I've been told, what I've been taught, what I've learned, what I've seen. How much of this is true? How much of this do I actually believe? How much of this is misinformation? How do we replace some of those, those myths and that misinformation with actual information and resources that can actually help? and actually start the person on the road to healing. And then from that point moving forward, that's when we start to build, and that's when we actually start to focus on one or two relationships that have that are incomplete. And what I mean by that is, let's just say, if I'm using you as an example, Tawanda, you and your father, let's say you came to me and you said, I'm still really grieving the loss of my father. I'm really still having a hard time with this. I really need the help. So, again, we would start off with that foundational aspect of, okay, what is grief? Let's talk about the myths, misinformation. Let's really focus on on equipping you with proper resources to build that self foundation. And then once we do that, mm-hmm. then we would focus on this relationship that you have with your father. We would focus on what is incomplete within that relationship. Because let's be honest, most of us, some of the first things that we think of when we lose someone is what. Could have been different better or more mm-hmm, what do i mm-hmm. wish was different with my relationship with this person what do i wish i had more of with this person what do i wish could have been better what are some things that i wish i had said more of or maybe i wish i could have taken back those certain regrets and there's a lot of these questions i, I like to call it the what if the what if cycle. Like, well, what if this, what if this, what if that? And a lot of times that can really keep us in this loop and really prevent us from moving forward. And what I like to tell people is going through this program, working with me, it's not about trying to get over. Because that, that, that phrase can be taken in a very offensive way. I mean, let's be honest. If someone told you you need to get over your loss, your immediate reaction is going to more than likely be anger. And you're not going to want to listen to anything else a person has to say. Because it's not about getting over. It's about working through. It's about coming to this understanding and embracing, embracing these emotions, embracing what has actually happened and, and learning about it and learning about more about the relationship that you have with this person. And what I like to say is it's even though the physical aspect of the relationship has ended, the emotional and spiritual aspect of that relationship with you and your father will always be there. No one and nothing can ever take that away from you. And if anything, all I'm doing is helping to deepen that relationship that you will always have with your dad in the spiritual, emotional sense. And and the same with you, Corinne, with you and your grandmother and the other losses that you've incurred. I would never tell you that, by working with me, you will never feel sadness again, you will be completely over grief, and you'll never have to go through rough days again, because let's be honest, we're human beings, and we have complex emotions, and this, these are relationships, whether it was one month or 10 years, there's a connection there, there's a love there, there's a relationship there. That's something that can never be replaced and nor would I ever want you to feel like you would have to replace that. But there is a way to continue to deepen that connection you have with that person, even though they're no longer physically present, that spiritual and emotional aspect can always be deepened. And and it's amazing what you can find out about yourself and that relationship that you have with that person. And so that is what I focus on, is deepening that relationship and really helping people come to an understanding of creating that solid foundation about what grief is, the myths, deepening that spiritual emotional relationship you have with that lost loved one, and then coming to this place where you can look and say, okay, now how do I continue to progress through my future now that I'm in this new place where I feel safe? I feel like I can move forward and I feel like I'm deepening my relationship with this person.
0: Absolutely powerful. I'm just really at having a, I feel a sense of peace, just really in calming as you're talking. I can definitely tell you're skilled in experience in what you do. And I know we can't sit on here forever. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but I have two things I, I really want to ask Um you you mentioned earlier about in your group sometimes you you share information you talk about different myths. Can you share a few myths and in, in, in and around this? And can you share what the actual reality of it is, please? Yes, I would love to. So, oh, this is
2: another great question because this is something if, if if any of you listening gets anything out of this talk, it would be this moment. <laughs> If you haven't gotten anything else out of the talk, please, please get something out of this particular moment. Um, that way, one, you don't find you don't find yourself accidentally saying some of these things to somebody who's grieving. And if you've noticed that some people have said these certain things to you, then at least there's an awareness. I'm all about creating an awareness. So one one of the biggest myths that that I want to talk about for sure is not feeling bad or not crying. So when someone says, don't feel bad, or no, don't cry, I want to really touch on that. Because again, you're by you saying that to this person who's grieving, or by someone saying that to you as a griever, you're instilling within this person that it's wrong to be feeling what you're feeling, that it's wrong to cry, that it's wrong to feel angry or depressed or numb, or whatever emotions may be coming. When again, if we, I, I had this 30-something, your relationship with my father, you're telling me not to cry, you're telling me not to feel bad? This relationship, the physical aspect of the relationship has ended. How do I not feel sad about that? And like, how? why, why would someone tell me not to feel sad or not to feel bad about that? And, and then something that normally tends to be added in addition to that is when someone says, oh, don't don't cry, don't feel bad, he or she lived a long life, or they are, that person lived a good life, or they're in heaven now, or they're with God, or whatever the case may be. I like to call these intellectual comments, because maybe from an intellectual standpoint, there may be some truth to that, but does that in any shape, way, or form adhere to the heart, adhere to what you're feeling in your heart, does that start you in any way to the path to healing? Because when people told me that after my father passed, saying, well, he lived a long and healthy life. And, well, you know, you should be grateful because now he's not in pain anymore. Okay, there might be truth to that. But all that led me to feel with anger because that didn't, in any shape or form, provide any solace or comfort in knowing that I was never going to physically see him again. And again, the intention is almost always out of good meaning. And, and by no means, am, and for anyone that's listening, I, I am not saying these things to create shame or embarrassment. So I want to make sure I state that. So any of these myths that I go over, I by no means am wanting anyone to feel ashamed or embarrassed if, you have found yourself being one of those people that have said these things, or even if you are the person who has had these things said to you, it's just, again, this goes back to something we spoke about earlier. We are ill-equipped. We were never taught what to say, what not to say. We were never taught on, on what is appropriate and what may not be appropriate. And so this is why I like to do the re-educating around this topic And so that is one big myth that I I definitely try to emphasize and I like to speak to people about it when you either have said or someone has said to you, oh, don't feel sad, don't cry, and then it gets followed with an intellectual comment like some of the ones I just shared. Uh, Another big one, and, you know, again, in full transparency, this is one that I had to really work through. And even to this day, I, this is something I still have to work on is grieving alone. So many people, they, they tend to isolate themselves. And again, it's moderation. Of course, there are going to be moments where you just want to be with yourself and just, and just let people know like, Hey, I just need some me time to just be. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's again about moderation. It's, someone who has gone from saying, hey, I just need the day to myself to then 10 years later, you saying, hey, whatever happened to Sarah? I haven't heard from her in 10 years. It's very easy to fall into this pattern where you you start off by isolating for a very short period of time. And then what was only supposed to be a day ends up being 10 years because you just feel like you don't want to burden other people with your feelings. You feel like you need to bury it. You feel like you need to be there for others which that's another myth as well and you tend to isolate and again like as I mentioned full transparency I've tended to be that person where I isolated myself I ended up losing a lot of friends that way Um, I ended up having a marriage that fell apart that way because my husband at the time was really trying to help help me and show support, but I just, I didn't have it. I didn't want it. I just wanted to be alone all the time. And unfortunately it led to the loss of other relationships, which only added to my grief. And so grieving alone is definitely another myth that's out there. And, and people feeling like, well, I just got to do this by myself. And I can't ask for help. And I don't want help. And I don't want to be around others. And I just want mm-hmm. you all to know how I know that can be challenging and I know that that can feel sometimes like you're pulling teeth because maybe you don't want to be around people. And I'm not saying you have to be around people 24 seven. All I'm saying is if someone is reaching out and someone is wanting to show support, someone is wanting to help, please try to stay open to it because you don't want to end up being in a room by yourself 10 years later, looking back and seeing that you've lost all these friends your relationships have crumbled, and it only adds to the grief. Mm-hmm. And those are those are two big ones. And I don't know if I have time to go over two others. I can try to make it quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we we have about ten minutes, and I definitely want you to also tell us how what your services specialize in and how do people reach you. So let's get all that in ten minutes, and we are listening. Okay, great. I, I will try to –
2: Okay. All right. So, in regards to, so this is another one. When someone says, "Be you need to be strong for your family. You need to be strong. Like stay strong, keep a tight upper lip." That that is one of the biggest myths out there. And the reason being, when you constantly tell someone, or when someone's constantly heard that they have to be strong, again, that doesn't allow that person to fully emote. And makes the person feel like, okay, I don't don't have time to just cry and to do this, this, and this. So I just got to be strong for my family because I'm the oldest of the bunch and I got to be there for mom. I got to be there for my siblings. I got to take care of the funeral. I got to do this. I got to do that. But we get so caught up in this mindset of, well, everyone's telling me that I need to be strong. And then we get so caught up in that that we forget that we have our own grief that we haven't even personally dealt with. And... That, again, doesn't allow us to really grieve in a healthy way because we just constantly feel like we have to be the rock. But when we're always the rock, that's when feelings get buried and nothing gets addressed. And that's when those physical manifestations that I mentioned earlier can occur where when we hold it in and we don't allow ourselves to just be an emote and grieve on our own and just, just grieve because we feel like we have to be strong for everybody. That's when we can end up becoming physically ill. Or have other things show up in our life, and it can affect us in very negative ways. And so that is something that I definitely wanted to address. And then another one is is when someone says, "Oh, time heals all wounds. Just give it time." This one drives me crazy. <laughs> and I love using my analogies. I'll give this quick analogy with that. Well, I I, I just want to I want everyone to to think of this image. Let's say you're driving down the highway. All of a sudden. You get a flat tire. You pull over to the side of the road. You don't have a spare tire. And you, 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 you get out your lawn chair. You sit there on the side of the road, and you just stare at your tire. And let's say all these cars are passing by, and then you have some people that stop, and they say, hey, you need some help. We can get you some help. We can call AAA. And you just say, no, 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 it's cool. I, I'm fine. It, time's going to heal this. It's all good. I got this. Time's gonna heal my tire. It's all good. It's all cool. Carry on. People keep passing by, passing by, and you keep telling everybody, "It's all good." I've been told that time's gonna heal this. I'm, I'm cool. I use this to parallel the idea with grief. Time is just a factor within starting that journey to healing. The actions that you take within time that are going to truly be able to help heal. But if you believe for a second that you just sitting on your couch, or you just going through the motions every day and not really addressing some of these emotions, these thoughts, these feelings, these behaviors that you're going through that you're witnessing about yourself. And if you're not learning to address them and really understand why they're there, what they're trying to teach you, time isn't going to do anything. Because I guarantee you, we all know someone out there who whether it's been 10 years or 20 years, you ask them, hey, did, has time healed your wound yet? Has time healed the fact that, you know, your your wife died, your child died? And I guarantee you that person's going to probably say no. And it's because a lot of those people have not taken the actions, the proper actions within a time to really help start them on the path to healing. So I just really want to emphasize that, that particular myth in general, that, Time does not heal all wounds. It's the actions taken that can really start you on the path to healing.
0: And I never thought about it that way. That's just like a lot of times people say, oh, I have faith. Yeah, faith and works. <laughs> faith without works is dead. So what you're saying, you you added a whole other element to it, time, and, and, and it's just not time by itself. And, mm-hmm. um, cause people, it seems dismissive almost a lot of times people do say that. Um, that's amazing. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, in reference to what you do, Sarah, mindset, um, what actually is your company actually about? Like, can you just explain cause the word mindset is, is still sticking with me. Mindset is, you know, it's, it's of a different mindset. So, um, Grief Recovery Specialist, um, dealing with mindset coaching. Talk to us a little about where does that title come from? Like what does that really mean? And we only have five minutes, but give us as much as you can until okay. Corinne says it's <laughs> over with. All right, cool.
2: So with with mindset, especially when it comes to the, the concept of, of grief, it's really about creating a different perspective. And something that I always ask people, especially if they are interested in, curious about working with me is I always ask them, hey, are you open to learning different perspectives, new perspectives? Are you open to getting out of your comfort zone, trying new things, really being open to something that is not the ordinary, so to speak, something that you haven't been taught over and over again by society, something that is going to truly be able to help you look at things from a different perspective because I'm all about creating these new and almost unconventional perspectives, especially in regards to grief, which due to the nature of the subject, it isn't very hard to create these unconventional methods because there isn't really one to start off with in the first place. Because again, we, none of us were really taught what's right, wrong, good, or bad, so to speak. It's, all of us are kind of fishing around trying to figure out, I don't even know how to do this. Am I even grieving correctly? Do I even know what I'm doing? And so with mindset, I really try to help people come to this understanding of, hey, this is how you're used to doing things in life. But grief is not an everyday occurrence. So you're going to have to be okay with not knowing all the answers. You're going to have to be okay with, wanting to kind of get out of your comfort zone, you're going to have to be okay with trying to see things from a different perspective because I truly believe that in order to get to a place where there can really be transformation where there can really be absolute healing, it has to start in the mind first, the mind and the heart, the mind, there there's only a 14 inch gap between the mind and the heart. But a lot of times the conversations that our mind has is very different than the conversation that our heart has. And so what I'm about is connecting the two. How do we close that gap between the mind and the heart? Because the mind is very logical. It's all about practicality and logistics, whereas the heart is more of an emotional emotional thing. And it's like, okay, how do we find the center? How do we find a way to help align the logistical and the emotional together and know when the heart needs to take the driver's seat and the mind needs to maybe just go in the back seat and take a nap for Mm -hmm. a minute.
0: And so that's Mm -hmm. where the mindset comes in when it comes to this. Amazing. Really quickly, tell everyone that's listening, how do we reach you? I know you have a website that's launching in just a few weeks. How can everyone um, reach you? Um, schedule a consultation, find out about your services, get connected, and get on the journey to healing and feeling better and being happy again. Tell us that,
1: please.
2: Yes. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. And as you mentioned, yes, I will be relaunching uh, my newly constructed website on April 5th of 2021. So, yes, in just a couple weeks. But if you'd like to contact me now and you're just curious and would like to inquire as to whether or not this is something that could potentially work for you, um, I am on Facebook. My personal page is facebook.com slash Sarah the Grief Coach. And my Facebook private group is facebook.com slash groups slash Healing Journey Home. If you go on my personal page, I also have the link to my, my uh, grief loss support group as well. And I'm also on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Sarah the Grief Coach. And then my website is also going to be called sarathegriefcoach.com. So everything's coordinated, so you don't have to try to remember four thousand different names. (laughs) So, So that's the best way to really contact me if you are curious. Absolutely,
0: Sarah. I just want to say thank you so much for coming through and sharing all this information with us. And um. I definitely want to invite you back because I have more questions. I know. I can talk about this all day. I love love, I'm so passionate about this topic. (laughs) I'm so glad that you are. I, I have more questions. I'm definitely joining your group. I'm looking forward to you launching your website, anything that you have. It's just really something that people need. No more keeping it a secret. I mean, we have to talk about things people don't want to talk about. People pass away every single day. What do we do with this grief? Who do we talk to? How do we find ways to become happy again? And that is what your page says that you actually do, and I could definitely relate. So, any in in the last sixty seconds, any final comment, tip, anything? Because we gotta go.
2: Yeah, just just one. Just I want to thank you and Corinne, and also to anyone listening. Please know that it doesn't make you less than. You're not crazy, you're not weird, you're not doing things right, wrong, good or bad. You're having normal and natural reactions to the loss of a loved one. And I just want you to know that that you do matter, your voice matters, your feelings and thoughts matter. So please stop burying them, please stop giving other people permission and in regards to how you feel because only you know and you do matter.
0: And you matter as well. Thank you so much again. For investing the time showing up, be safe out
1: there in sunny California. And Corinne, we'll turn it over to you. Beautiful. And and again, thank you so much for um, sharing with our audience and um, showing up to site what you're you're going through. We really appreciate it because all every um, thing that you provided us with and the audience with is very um, helpful. So again, thank you.
2: Thank you, ladies. I so appreciate you and this platform, and I just, I'm just i grateful. Just thank you. Okay.
1: And we'll have um, all the links so that um, our viewers and um, listeners can um, get to your links. And we have about 30 seconds, so we're going to play our show. And until next time, everyone, have a wonderful night. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.